You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class? Lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being. And not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gifts you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Welcome in, everybody. This is Yoga Magic. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard, and I'm so glad you're here tuning in. So on this show, we like to talk about self-care, self-discovery, and I really like to connect with individuals that are doing this work, right? This work of self-discovery, applying what they're learning to their life, and, and ultimately helping others by sharing their story. And today's guest Carrie-Anne Cloda is doing this. She's doing this work and she's helping couples. She is ultimately a, a conscious wedding planner. And it's funny because the first iteration of this show, of this podcast, was really out to help um, newly engaged individuals to just take care of themselves. And while I, I moved away from that, I've so grateful that I was connected with Carrie Ann because she is totally doing this. She's doing this work and, you know, bringing in the tools of self-care, of boundary setting, of healing into not only the engagement, but into the marriage as well. And she's going to talk a little bit about that. She also shares, you know, a personal story of loss, um, of infant loss that she that she dealt with, with miscarriage. So just a trigger warning if that's something that you're working through. Please know that she's open and vulnerable and really shares how that feels as she is now pregnant with her next baby. So I'm so grateful to have Carrie Ann on the show, opening up, helping other people. A little bit more about who she is. So Carrie Ann has been working in the wedding industry for over 15 years. She's known for her problem solving, her honest advice, and ability to calm stressed out brides and anxious (laughs) in-laws. Like, yes, please. Her business, Kith and Kin Weddings, was founded on the notion that it is impossible to love both the engagement and the wedding day. She helps her clients to figure out their wedding values and to establish boundaries with their friends and family, setting them on the path to married bliss with her one-on-one coaching and wedding planning. So she's super honest, and we looked, we talked a little bit about her birth chart and just where that honesty and straightforwardness comes from, and it's so fun to connect with her and learn a little bit more. So thanks for tuning in today, everyone. I hope that this is a helpful episode. If you like what you're hearing, or maybe you know someone who's newly engaged, who could use some of the guidance that Carrie Ann has, you know, share it with them. Share it on Instagram and tag at Yoga Magic Podcast. And a huge thank you, shout out to our show sponsor, Boca. Boca is your clean dental care. I love their toothpaste. I love all of their products. You can get 15% off at Boca.com when you use the code Yoga Magic and Boca is spelled B-O-K-A. All right, let's get to our conversation with Carrie-Anne Cloda. We have Carrie-Anne Cloda with us today. It's funny, Carrie-Anne, because we met a while ago on the the Instagrams, 
And I, I feel like what I was trying to do with like mindfulness with weddings, you just do a lot better. (laughs) So I'm really glad that we were brought together. And now that I'm no longer really doing that, that you can, you can help a lot of people. So tell listeners who you are, you know, what you do for work, how you're helping people right now. Um, I love that you put it that way. Thank you. I, I feel like uh, it's always been my goal to help people. And I was really resistant in my career. I, you know, getting into wedding planning, it kind of happened by accident. Um, so what I am is a wedding coach and planner. Um, what that means is that I have spent 15 years becoming an expert in wedding planning and all things weddings. Um, but I also hold space emotionally for my clients. So how I work with them is that they can message me anytime, day or night. I have office hours, so I set boundaries, which I know we'll get into. Um, But I have office hours twice a week and I'll check their messages during those times. So they have a container, they know how to reach me um, and they can say whatever's on their mind whenever it's on their mind and they know when I'm gonna get back to them. And then I just listen and respond and everybody needs something really different from me. So I know that you have a background in yoga. You've taught yoga and and just mindfulness and I mean, really spirituality, you know, you and I have geeked out on books that we both like and just all the same, you know, kind of ideas. How do you work that into the wedding planning process with your clients? Um, I... I let, I like to, like, I have a lot of different types of clients and I like to say, I'm like a very curious mixture of practical and woo. So I have that wedding side and like, I have that yoga side, which is so hugely important for me personally. And like, definitely I would say spiritually, like that's my belief system is yoga. Um, but I'm not going to force it down people's throats. So it really depends on the person, what they're going to need in terms of that. Some people, you know, you know, as well as anyone, like when it comes to stress and anxiety, sometimes like there's a yoga pose for that, or there's an essential oil that's going to really help you deal with that. Um, and if it's the right thing for that person, I can help them out with it. Like, um, I'll tell you a funny story. Actually, I was uh, working on a wedding a couple years ago and the bride's feet were really sore. She had these new shoes. She hadn't broken them in. I wasn't her full planner. I would, I warned my clients to break in their shoes. <laughs> But she had these beautiful, new, very expensive shoes that she hadn't broken in. And um, if you've ever been a bride, you know that you have like hours of pictures before the ceremony. So you're just standing and pictures are exhausting. So she got to the synagogue for the ceremony and the reception and she was already just done. And her feet were swollen and red. Um, And I always have lavender oil in my bag. And lavender is great for blisters. So it's not just a matter of it being like, it's a home remedy and lavender is also like it reduces anxiety. It's super calming. Um, and I was able to, I just gave her a foot massage and it like turned her day around. You know, she was able to walk down the aisle. She was able to put back on her shoes. Um, so it's really interesting how that yoga or that, that thing can come into play. I feel like one of the other ways it most comes into play is like just calming people when they're really stressed out. And it's so funny because this is like my journey to becoming a wedding planner was like years and years of me being like, no, I'm not going to do this. Like being on weddings, I worked for a catering company. I was assistant to wedding planners. 
And I would always say like, don't worry, I'm not coming for your job. Like I'll never do this as my real job because I wanted to do something that was helping people. And uh, I would be with like, let's say uh, the mother-in-law, you know, or I remember a mother of a bride who had chronic pain and she was just miserable. She was sitting in the bridal suite. And I just said, wow, that, that really sucks. Like sometimes people don't need a solution. Sometimes they just need to feel like they're heard. Like someone sees you, someone hears you and someone can hold a little space for you, get a little attention. And that really buoyed her up. She was able to return to the party. And I, I sort of started to realize like, and hearing people say to me over and over, like, you're so calming. You're so soothing. Why are you so patient? And I would always laugh and say, can I record you for my husband? Like to bring this home? <laughs> Not who I am, you know, it's who I am on site. It's who I am with other people. It's like that, that well of, of, I guess, yoga teacher training that I can kind of tap into and be that person, especially when that's what the great thing is about having a wedding planner there on your day is with somebody else to take all the stress for you, because it's not about me. I'm there to usher you into this new life. I'm there to support you. My whole, like, there's no ego of mine at play. My job is to make everything comfortable and easy for you and take all the stress away. And luckily I have a ton of experience doing it. So I just know the problems that are going to come up and they don't stress me out. Like they would stress you out. Where were you for my wedding? Oh my gosh. I'm like laughing because <laughs> so I, I realized I, at the wedding, you know, like right before I'm supposed to take, we're supposed to take pictures. I realized that I'm wildly allergic to my flowers. So my whole body is breaking out in a rash. <laughs> And like in that moment, the people that, you know, there were, I had luckily very grounded friends who were like, okay, we're going to go get some, whatever, some like medication and just, but this stuff comes up all the time. It's, I hate to, to like scare people about weddings, but it just does. There's so many emotions tied to it. And all you can really do is have grounded people around you. Like that's, that was like the godsend in that scenario. I was like, okay we're going to be good. We're going to be good. And you know what? I have a badass photographer who can edit this right out of the pictures. And he did. And it was fine. <laughs> yeah. You really want to be able to let go and just enjoy your wedding day. And I think that's the most important thing is just put it in somebody else's hands. Like if you're shuffling around tables or like, I always see, you know, in the movies, you always see people setting up their own wedding. Like they're putting the place cards on the table. I'm like, this is a very cute. It was just in um, to all the boys I've loved. The third one. Did you watch it? And they're setting up the wedding. And I was like, I, I can't with you guys. There's no way that you're setting up your own wedding. That's just not how it works. And it was beautiful too after. And I was like, you didn't hang those string lights. That's not your job. Do you know how frustrating it is to hang string lights? I don't even do it. That's the AV company. That's just not, that's just not how it works. You have a huge team of people putting together this beautiful look. I mean, if you want to DIY something small, you do it way in advance. You're not just there on your wedding day. Like, no, no, I agree. I was like, totally not happening. Um, so when you work with couples and you work with brides and even now, you know, things are just weird and there's so much extra stress around, will this happen? Will it not? You know, who can come, who can't? What do you, what tools do you give them to connect, to enjoy the time, to self-care? What do you, what do you share with them? I always start with my couples. Um, I have an, like a standalone offer, but it's like, it's just a little coaching 
call that I do. And it's part of like my, my big packages when I work with people all the way up to the wedding day. So I call it the jumpstart. And I actually just taught it on Instagram. So it's in my highlights. If, if anyone wants to just go kind of try to self jumpstart. Um, but what I, what I do is I send them a questionnaire and I ask them what, a, what matters most to them about their wedding and what, um, what they think complements, you know, uh, their partner, like what, in what ways rather do they complement their partner? Um, like, how are you different? You know, there's always a sun and moon in every relationship. So I'm really looking for like, what are your values and where are you different? And what is going to make this day meaningful and memorable for you? What's going to make this process easy for you? Because you will have, you know, one person who's much more logical and one person who's much more whimsical. And that's great because we're going to get great ideas and we're going to have somebody to keep you grounded and who's going to have a lot of questions about budget. Um, so there's a way that we can integrate that. So I kind of just figure out where people are at to start. And then what what's going to make this day meaningful for you or what matters? Like if sustainability is really important to you, if that's going to be something that you can showcase on your wedding day, because this day is about representing you as a couple to the people in front of you. And then from there, we go to the flip side of what isn't right for you. So this is really about values and boundaries, right? Like what are you saying yes to? And whenever you're saying yes to something, you're saying no to something else. So that no, those no's are all those boundaries that you're going to put into place. And that could be um, opinions coming from outside. That's like the main thing that I address with every single couple is, and especially, especially this past year, because, um, because of the pandemic, all of my clients and, you know, just friends and people reaching out to me on Instagram are getting these questions of, well, what are you going to do for your wedding? And they don't know. And so how, like, suddenly they're in a position of having to answer to the whole global pandemic and now their new wedding plan. And there's this stress about cutting the guest list and telling people they're not invited anymore or eloping, but the family isn't happy with that. What if the family is investing in the wedding? If there's money involved, then that investment comes with an opinion. All of this comes into play with all of the stress that's going to come up. And so I like to just ask them right away, what are you worried about? What's stressing you out? It could be COVID. It could be my mother-in-law. It could be the budget, you know, and um, figure that out for them. And then in terms of self-care, I just try to encourage them not to talk about the wedding all the time. Mm. So I really encourage them to have a ritual. And this is a little bit woo for some people, but we can make it a little less woo. Like a ritual doesn't have to be light a candle and like say a blessing and, you know, have an altar. It could be, um, we pour a glass of wine, we set a timer for 45 minutes and then, you know, we have a dance party, like just a beginning, an end and a kind of a, a little bit of a container and an agreement that we're going to talk about the wedding once a week is enough. During some periods, it might have to be twice, but like there are also periods of wedding planning where it'll be less um, because inevitably one person cares a lot more about the wedding plan and that can be really stressful if you feel like your partner doesn't care and that again is where I come in I'm your partner to plan your wedding with you know your partner doesn't care about the wedding plan that's okay that that doesn't that doesn't mean they don't care about marrying you it just means that they're not super into napkin colors you know <laughs> 
It's so true. I mean, like we can force feed this to whatever partner is maybe not as excited, but it just isn't, it's, it's not going to happen. And I like that. So I like that you're talking about boundaries, you know, a lot in your practice on Instagram right now. Can you talk about what types of boundaries exist? Like how you teach those to your couples, to your brides, to your grooms? I love boundaries. (laughs) I love boundaries. Um, I think the way that I teach it is it's really that flip side of values. So where do you, what do you stand for as a couple? You know, a scenario that comes to mind that comes into play for a lot of couples is um, having your partners back in front of their parents or in front of your parents, I should say. This is something that can't wait, right? And if you think about it, like uh, I'm pregnant now and I'm, you know, uh, having to already see that I have to set boundaries with my, with my parents and with my in-laws, we're a family and we need to present a united front and we need to um, decide things for our child. And there's going to be all of these opinions coming in. So this is just this hugely important thing that you want to do before you get married, because it's going to come up over and over and over. Um, So the types of boundaries that I really work on my, uh, I really work on with my clients is really about, we come up with a wedding plan that can be set in a single phrase. So that's really what getting back to the jumpstart. That's what it is. We do values, we do boundaries, and then we take all of that information that we had and we turn it into, or I turn it into like a, a mantra, a single phrase that tells you what this is about, who it's actually for, i.e. you and your partner and what you're not here for. And it becomes something that can guide you as you're making decisions so that you're not sort of like doing all this guesswork. It makes decisions really easy. And it also presents a united front to the people who ask questions. So, you know, in terms of um, the pandemic, I said over the holidays, as we were going into the holidays, I was like, people are going to be asking you about your wedding and there's nothing you can do about it right now. So my recommendation is that you say, we're going to get back to it February 1st. We are not doing wedding planning right now. We want to focus on enjoying the holidays and we're going to pick it up again where we left off February 1st. But for right now, we're just leaving the plan aside. It's so simple. It's so quick. It puts people at ease. They've gotten an answer from you. Not that they're entitled to one, but they get an answer. Because this is the thing, right? With boundaries, like I I studied philosophy and, and there's that something to be said for like the, um, the need to respond. When someone speaks to you, you're required to answer. And we, as human beings, we just, we are conversational. We feel this need to reply when someone asks us something, even if they're not owed an explanation. And so that a a really good boundary is just to say, thank you. Like, thank you is a full sentence. No is a full sentence. These are, these are like, you know, just if somebody uh, like offers you a piece of advice that you don't need, for your wedding or for anything in life, thank you. And that's the end. You just ended the conversation. You don't have to say more than that. So it's it's less about like the phrase that you say to people and more about your own mindset, that own acceptance of like, I have the right to set these boundaries. I think that's that's gonna be the bigger work is convincing yourself that you're allowed. And that's gonna depend on what kind of person you are um, and the confidence that you have around 
the, the boundary that you've created, how much you think you deserve it. So I think it requires a lot of self-love in order to be able to set a boundary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing some boundary work, some just like boundary discovery. And to me, it's self-love and it's self-worth, right? Like, am I willing to, to um, infringe on this boundary? Am I? Because if I am, then clearly, you know, I don't value myself enough to keep it. And like that, ooh, that makes me like hold those boundaries. And I, where I find it to be the most helpful, I guess now, cause I'm, you know, in it is in, is in motherhood. And I know that you're preparing for your little girl and that you've had a big year. I'm curious to know, like this journey, right. Into motherhood and all that you've learned, you know, in spirituality and yoga, working with weddings, like what tools will you bring into motherhood? Like, what do you look forward to? What does that, what does that feel like for you? That's such a good question. This year has been really like, we're almost, we're at a full year basically right now. And I have in my toolkit of, of self-care uh, that I, that I have a habit tracker and I like set, I set these, you know, kind of goals and boundaries for myself. And I've just learned that um, they're going to change over time. So just to be gentle with myself and know that, that that's just, there's no like supreme goal. It's okay to have seasons of your life where you feel more productive and more active and more restful. Um, like right now, I'm, I'm noticing that I need to work less hours. I just don't have the capacity. So I have to accept that, that those things are going to change. And like on my habit tracker right now is like, enjoy your mornings and evenings, like that quiet time. And also like my doula recommended, you know, uh, you're not going to be able to like go for a massage or a haircut for the first bit. So like take the time now to indulge. Yeah. So that's really important to me. I'll ask a different question as it relates to, um, to, to being a mother, because I think you have a really unique experience and I feel like you being as open as you are about this really does help everyone, but you've experienced loss and now you're, you're here again and you're excited. Like you said, you're really excited about birth and you seem to me very fearless, but you've been dealt some hard, hard cards. Can you talk a little bit about that and how that has shaped this experience now being pregnant and preparing for, for birth? Yeah. Um, in 2018, I lost my first, preg- well, I terminated my first pregnancy. Um, so I was 20 weeks when I found out that uh, my daughter had a heart defect. And we made the difficult decision to terminate the pregnancy. We felt like she wouldn't have a good quality of life. And so at uh, we, we still had like tests to do to be sure. Um, and then I, I ended up giving birth at 22 weeks. So I was induced. I gave birth and, uh, it was obviously, sorry, uh, not the experience that I had hoped for. And it was really painful. And it was also a really, it feels weird to say an opportunity, but it was a moment for me to really dive inward. I remember I read uh, Pima Chodron's, I don't know if I ever say her name right. Uh, She has a book called When Things Fall Apart. And I just started to realize that the only way I was going to get through this was to just live it and write about it because I love to write. So I just wrote down what I was feeling. 
I just worked my way through it. I, you know, dug into my yoga toolkit. I did breath work and I asked just a very few people around me to hold the, hold the line for me and to be the, um, the gatekeepers so that nobody would bother me. So I didn't answer my phone. Um, people messaged me. I didn't respond. Like I said, I would say, thank you. The full sentence. People said things that really upset me. Like everything happens for a reason. That was really, that was something that still now gets under my skin when people say it. I was like, this, no, no, thank you. There, there's lessons for sure to be learned in loss. Um, I think I learned a lot about grief and empathy and, and boundaries at that time. And so I didn't think that I was going to be able to get pregnant again, to be honest. I tried for like, it took two years, more than two years to get pregnant again. It took time for me to even want to try again. Um, and then it's funny, actually, at the beginning of right before the pandemic, I had I was like really trying to get pregnant. And I, I saw, I saw a, an osteopath, a physiotherapist, an acupuncturist, a massage therapist, my doctor, a fertility specialist. I was anybody. And then I had my tarot cards read for the first time in my life. I was not into tarot. I am now because I had this tarot reading and it was so magical for me. And it felt so crazy and, and true. And but I asked her if I was going to get pregnant and she said, no, she pulled this like, really, I can't remember what it was, but there's really like negative, like absolutely not card. And I was sad, but I also felt like I told her after, I was like, I feel like you just let the top off the pressure cooker. And like less than six months later, I was pregnant. So it was really interesting. It was like, she, and she gave me this advice. She was like, you you know, you need to dive into your intuition and like your ancestors are, are there, like you're, you're not talking to them. You need to like listen to your ancestors. And so I started to gather like my grandmother's things around me and bought a tarot deck and just, and some affirmation cards and like just started to sort of listen to myself a little bit more. And it was a really empowering couple of months. And then when I found out that I was pregnant, I was like totally shocked. But also, I mean, now, now I'm eight months pregnant. I'm like, this feels so right. This feels exactly how it was meant to be. Actually, the night before I took the pregnancy test, because I had been really, this is the other issue. So for two years, my, you know, my uh, cycle had been really out of whack. So I just, I had taken so many pregnancy tests. It's like five weeks, three weeks, two weeks, you have your period again. Like, who knows what's happening with your body? Um, but the night before I took the pregnancy test, I was pulling tarot cards and I pulled this card. I think it's the, the 10 of cups. And it was this, in my deck, it's this family sitting on a rainbow. And I was like, that's weird. I just pulled one card and I was like, that's a weird card. Went to bed and I was like, I guess I'll take a pregnancy test in the morning and it came back positive. So I really felt like it was, a, <laughs> it was just like this, um, this inner knowing. Cause you know, the deck doesn't tell you something outside of there it reads your own energy like my body is intelligent and knew that it was pregnant you know that's that's what's going on and I feel like that too about giving birth and like you asked me like what I'm excited about I'm like I feel like Wonder Woman like I feel like I can do this I'm excited about giving birth I want to do it again and because I had so many interventions last time I want to try and not have any I know that 
you know, you might have to throw the birth plan out the window and we just do whatever's best for mom and baby. And I'm prepared for that. But I also, I'm like, I think I told you earlier, I'm like, I don't even care if it's a long labor. Like, I feel like I'm excited for it. I want to do it. I don't want it to be like two hours because I've been preparing for it for so long. I just want to like kind of enjoy the agony and see what my intelligent, brilliant body can do. And like, that's, I think that also comes from yoga is just like this acknowledgement of that this, this body is incredible and whatever it does for me is incredible and it will recuperate as well. Like it'll, it'll come back and like it did last time, like it was really traumatic. And then here I am making a baby in the same, the same uterus. I guess it's fine. I guess I'm not broken, you know? Oh my gosh. This, I'm like, I'm feeling emotional. Just like holding the space with you right now. I, amazing. Thank you for sharing that story. And I'm so sorry for that struggle and just, yeah. Thank you. Wow. You know, it's the magic of our bodies is something that like, th- that was my real, real spiritual awakening. And I told you this before we started recording is that when I got pregnant with, with my second daughter, Rory, it was really where I started to realize that like, oh, I can, I can bring some, you know, manifestation into this process. I can bring just that belief in, in what I am and what I can do. But sometimes we don't like the answers, like the mirror, right? The mirror of the tarot, we don't necessarily understand or even welcome. And like the fact that you got like a no in that reading, that initial reading, just make, gives me chills thinking about like you needed the answer, no, so that you could surrender and you could let go of that for a little while. Oh my gosh, I'm like, I didn't know that, that you were gonna tell that story, but like I'm obsessed now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it on the list of people to introduce you to after my tarot card reader. All the connections. I love it. Toothpaste. It's part of our daily routine, but is it clean? I admit that I hadn't really thought about clean dental products until I discovered Boca. Boca is my go-to natural toothpaste and our sponsor for this week's show. So they're really two yummy toothpastes at Boca, the Element, which is a nice, clean, subtle, minty toothpaste, and the Cocoa Ginger, which is a sweeter, kind of fun flavor to mix it up. Their toothpastes are the first non-toxic natural toothpaste with science-backed ingredients that outperform fluoride. And they're made with natural ingredients and essential oils. They do not contain any sodium lauryl sulfide, fluoride, artificial flavors, or parabens, which you just know is not good in our bodies or our mouths. So I suggest getting a starter kit because with the starter kit, you get the toothpaste, you get a cute eco-friendly toothbrush, the natural vegetable wax floss, and a tongue scraper. Seriously, the best self-care for your mouth after you know brushing, of course. So if you wanna check out Boca, you wanna switch to clean, all natural dental products that taste good and keep you fresh all day, head on over to boca.com and use code YOGAMAGIC for 15% off your order. That's Boca, B-O-K-A dot com and use code Yoga Magic for 15% off. So this whole year of being pregnant has just, I guess, or like this whole eight months has just taught me. And I think it's really taught me something that I tell my clients all the time and something that I learned through my loss, which is, and, and something that's true about boundaries, which is just to ask for what you need. You know, you are not going to get it if you don't ask. So 
whether it's asking your partner to help you with something wedding related um, and being honest with them. We talked earlier about my like rising sign. <laughs> I'm a Sag rising and I'm brutally honest and it definitely rang true for me when you said that. And you, you just don't get if you don't ask, right? And it's the same with boundaries. Like it's not cruel to other people to say that you need space or that you don't wanna talk about this thing with them. And like my, also my go-to line, especially with pregnancy, oh my gosh, like people have so much advice for me. And that's really stressful. Like someone sent me a message the other day saying, oh, by the way, if you get induced, it's like almost cruel not to take pain, not to get the epidural. And I was like, I, I don't know what to do with this information. This is just not in my birth plan. Like I don't really want somebody to give me a new birth plan. I, I'm already taking in all of this new information. It felt really overwhelming. And like, I, but I just went to my doula and told her about it. And we, we talked it through and she was like, that's, people will tell you what they needed to hear at that time. And I sort of realized like people are going to give you so much advice because they went through this big thing. You know, like I want to give people pregnancy advice because of my trauma. I want to tell people whatever, you know, I don't know. I want to share because when you've been through something that's challenging and you've gained all this knowledge and planning a wedding is also really challenging and you gained all this knowledge, you can't help but like spit it out on other people. You can't help but be the advice giver, even if they didn't ask. But the best thing that I can say to people who give me all this unwanted advice is um, thank you so much. I actually have a doula. I haven't, an, and, and that like shuts them right up. I have an expert in my corner who's guiding me and you don't need to worry about me. And so it really, it's like that nice way of saying like, thank you, right? Boundary. And also let them know, like, I, I see it's coming from a good place that you are worried about me. And that's why you're giving me this advice because you have, you know, it was hard for you and you don't want it to be hard for me. So I appreciate that where it's coming from and also no more thanks. Yeah. I used to yeah. say, um, no, thank you. I'm not taking birth stories right now because everyone wants to share their birth story, right? Like everybody good or bad. It's like, you know, but that has nothing to do with me. So why do I, I don't need that. So I would just like, yeah, no, thank you. It was so like, I, I was shocked at the things that happened during pregnancy in terms of like how people interacted with me and my body. I mean, like the belly touching. Oh, I, you're lucky. That, not lucky. That is not the right thing to say. It's a no, gift it's okay. that you can be at home and not have random ass people touching your belly. Cause I'm like, is this real life? You wouldn't do that if there wasn't a bump there. That's so inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. I had such big plans. Like I'm disappointed because I had big plans for telling people that I wasn't pregnant. If they asked like at this point now I'm eight months and I look so obviously pregnant. Um, it's hard. It is winter here though. I'm in Montreal. So like under the coat, like you can't tell if I'm just like, this is quarantine 30. Um, but, but, um, I had big plans for like putting people in their place if they tried to like say something about my pregnancy that was unwarranted. But I mean, at this point, I'm so attention starved that when someone in the grocery store is like, Oh, how far along are you? I'm like, I was so excited. Like I couldn't, I couldn't be like mean. I was just like, I'm five months. Like I was, thank you for noticing. <laughs> I actually, <laughs> I go grocery shopping with my best friend. It's like, cause we can hang out there. We have like masks and we can be in the store together and hang out for an hour. And so I will, as soon as we walk into the grocery store, like take off my coat. Cause I just want the maximum amount of attention. This is my one outing this week. People are going to look at me, pay attention to me. I'm having like a big virtual baby shower. We're doing a bunch of zooms with people. Like I, I'm like, I am a little bit sad that I'm not getting the attention, but 
I'm not sad about the belly touching. That would really tick me off. And she doesn't yeah. care for other people anyway. So there's no point. You don't need to touch her. Like, this is this weird protective thing. My husband is like, I can't wait for her to be here. It's like keeping him up at night. He's so excited. And I'm just like, I love having her inside. She's just us right now. It's just the two of us. And it's not going to be soon. So I just really want to enjoy this moment where it's just still me and her. And we're like, she's only mine right now. I love that. I feel you. It's so special. And you're just true, true sad rising, wildly optimistic. You've been through some things, but you're still here sharing your story and sharing, you know, what it feels like right now and, and how excited you are. And I'm curious to know what are your, what are your go-to self-care things? Like for you, 30 plus weeks, mama, what you doing to feel good? Okay. Well, as we discussed earlier, I am Taurus sun and moon. So all things cozy. You recommended, you said something like a cozy sweater. I was like, that is how I live my life. I'm a huge homebody. You know, one of the signs that you're going into labor is that you start nesting. And I laughed so hard when I read that. I was like, we'll never know. We'll never know if that's, if that is happening to me, because that's just my natural state of nesting. My freezer is packed. And now the issue is that I don't have room for all the things that I want to keep making. So I, (laughs) that is one of the things like my self-care habits are uh, kind of grounded in present Carrie-Anne preparing for future Carrie-Anne. Like I set her up for success by like preparing sauces and dolls and putting them in my freezer. I have a lot of stock, like um, chicken stock and duck stock. And (laughs) I have like a lot of things ready. Um, And uh, I love baths. I'm like a bath queen and I put all of the things in the bath I actually have like a file because I'm super organized this is the wedding planner in me has like an excel spreadsheet for everything I have a file full of home remedies that have worked for me in the past and so I have like kind of mixes for depending if you have dry skin like what you want to have in the bath you know like some ground up oatmeal is really good um which essential oils are good for that so I'll make baths. Now my husband, when he takes a bath, he's like, could you do my bath? And I'm like, sure. How are you feeling? You know, and I'll, we do like, I buy huge containers of Epsom salts. We talked about this the other day. Epsom salts are amazing because they're full of magnesium, which helps you, which helps with muscle repair. Um, if you're really active or do a lot of yoga, or if you're pregnant and your muscles are just constantly adjusting to this change, there's just constant changes happening in your pelvis. Um, and so Uh, And then you can't take any sleeping pills. So magnesium is great for both muscle repair and helping you stay asleep. Uh, And I'll stick coconut oil in there. I love, um, so yeah, I'm big into baths. I'm big into nesting. And I have had like this recurring pain on my right side. And it's been from like years before, but it's just like, it just is so much worse because it's the baby. I'm sorry, my love. I love you, but you're making, we're making my hip hurt. And, and like, I was like heating pad. I tried everything and I've been seeing an osteo. And then I saw my massage therapist and he worked it out. And then I was like, okay, I'm getting a massage every week up until I give birth. That's, that's another one for me. So I just decided to invest in that. I calculated in my head and then I was like, you know what? It doesn't even matter financially. This is what I need. I'm going to prioritize and, and like the time that it takes, like he's 45 minutes away, but I just love him. So I'm like, this is, I'm every Saturday I'm going for a massage done. Um, yeah, I think those are my main things that, and, and I, I've added into my calendar. Well, I do prenatal yoga twice a week, of course. Um, I think for me, I have to pay for yoga or I won't go. 
and it has to like pay and it has to be in my calendar at a certain time. So I can't do free yoga that's just available to me because then I won't prioritize it. I like, I like to work. And so I'll just get distracted and do something else and it'll fall to the, you know, fall to the bottom of the list. So I do my prenatal yoga and then, um, and then I prioritize, I have socializing in my calendar. Like I just put it into my calendar. I'm like, this is also non-negotiable. It's really important for me. I'm a super social person. Like I'm a freaking wedding planner. Like I'm used to being on site with all of my coworkers and friends and like people and talking to people all the time. It's been a really weird year. So I got to hang out with my friends. So we just do weird stuff. Like last night we did um, Golden Girls trivia over Zoom. Oh my God, that sounds <laughs> so fun. I love that idea. Not know as much about Golden Girls as I thought I did. I lost horribly, but it's okay. <laughs> just do, I said, we'll do another one about Veronica Mars and I'll, then I'll win. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just, it's important for me. Like for me, self-care means basically like, whatever helps me sink into this moment and whatever helps me prepare for a future relaxing moment, like putting food in my freezer now means that when I'm tired one night, I won't have to make anything. It'll just be there. It'll be delicious. And, um, and then, and then, yeah, making sure that I, I take care of like, that I'm aware of the things like that are bringing me down. I think I've become like over the years, really aware of my mood and how it's affected by the weather and how it's affected by my activity. And when I feel like a slump coming, I can actually step back and go, what's going on? Why am I, why am I feeling low today? And just like kind of run through the list and be like, you know, I haven't talked to a friend this week. I'm going to call, you know, I'm going to call my mentor. I love to chat with her. Like she's become like a big sister and we don't necessarily talk about weddings. I'll just call her. and like, we'll talk for like two hours. And then that's just so energy giving for me. And then I'm like, okay, that was self-care. So it can look different, I think, on any different day. Yes, these are goals. I And like being able to check in with yourself about where you're at. And, and man, will that come in handy when baby's around? Because it's time sometimes to be like, but like, really, how am I doing? I, I don't even, I haven't had a time to think. And then when you do, you're like, I need this and asking for help so that you can have that amazing bath. Wait, I have a question about the bath. Did you say you put coconut oil in it? Yeah. So like, like a, like a, t- tell me what are, what are the details? I want to do this. <laughs> okay, sure. So Epsom salts for an average bath, you want to put about two cups of Epsom salt. Uh, that makes the bath nice and salty so that you can absorb it. You also don't need to, like when you're pregnant, you can't stay in a bath for an hour. So 20 minutes is fine. I also try to set a boundary of not putting, um, not bringing my laptop into the bathroom, but like sometimes I do. Uh, but mostly I'll, I'll listen to a meditation for like the first few minutes, like for six minutes, I'll set a meditation. And then I have another 15, 20 minutes of just I'll kind of be in the zone and be relaxing. And then when I get bored, my time is usually up and I can get out. Um, Coconut oil. Yeah. I put about, I would say about a quarter cup. That's probably about four tablespoons. You don't need as much as you think. And the other thing to know is that oils sit on the top of the tub, right? So you want to put them in before you get in and make sure they're melted and like kind of swirl it around. And then when you get in, it'll kind of coat your whole body. And that, the reason I do that is because then after the tub, you don't have to put lotion on. It's already on. It's kind of like those scrubs that have oil in them, right? Like when you do a scrub in the shower and it's got oil in it and you're like, eh, I'm already, I'm already lotioned up. So that's, um, yeah, and sitting in the coconut oil is good if you have dry skin, which obviously my skin is very stretchy right now. I also have eczema. So 
when I was very, very itchy, um, when my belly first started expanding, it was baking soda, uh, oatmeal, which I grind up to like a fine powder and, uh, and Epsom salts and coconut oil. And then whatever essential oils are good for that. Geranium is really good for that. And then I obviously essential oils, of course, for my mood, depending. So if I want something uplifting or if I'm going to bed and I'm trying to wind down and then I'll bring in, um, it's another, I'm, I also make a big uh, fan of sleep hygiene because I used to have insomnia. So I'll bring in a candle because candlelight is really good for preparing your brain for rest, turning off your phone, which is like the bad kind of light, which tells your body it's awake time and putting on, putting candles, which is great, prepares you for bedtime. So I definitely don't have like the lights on or the fan going. It's like, it's the mood. It's the whole mood. I need to make like a beautiful Instagram graphic for this after when this episode airs, we're going to share your like <laughs> baths with Carrie Ann, like amazing. <laughs> I think I have shared it on my Instagram. I, I do it sometimes because I'm like, do people know how to bath? Cause I love to do it. I take like three baths a week. My husband is French. So, you know, they, I don't know if you know this about France, but they don't really use showers. They're, they're bath people. So, I mean, he does shower, but, <laughs> but like we both do, but like really Baths are dilly girl in France, you know? Like, that's what you do. Oh my gosh. I feel like this is like exactly what I needed this whole conversation today. <laughs> like, I'm so oh glad. I hope you go nest like a Taurus after this. Like, we just, this is this is the thing, right? About Taurus is like, and especially me being like both sun and moon, like who I am. I like that it's, I, I did my dad's chart the other day because I was like, I bet you're sun and moon like me because he's also a Taurus and he is. And I was like, this makes perfect sense. And I, because who you are, your sun is who you are outwardly, right? And your moon is who you are at home. And we're just, and we're straight shooters. Like you said, like Saj Rising, I'm a straight shooter. So like, yeah, who I am outwardly and who I am at home is the same. I'm, I'm here for baths. I'm here for relaxing, nesting, cozy sweaters, nice things. You told me earlier, you were like, you sometimes you hoard things. I was just like, that is the most accurate. <laughs> it's, I have so much stuff. I've been, but lately I've been like giving away stuff I don't need because I'm making room for all the baby stuff. I have to declutter and I don't need all of these books from college. Like people know I'm smart. I don't need to keep like, I have like 30 books on Emmanuel Kant. Like no one cares. No one's coming over anyway. I could give them away. I could give them to somebody who wants to learn. Like, I love it. But declutter is such a good practice. Yeah. 100%. And the other thing I was telling you about the moon, you know, with, with kids and the moon, oddly enough, the moon is also, so like if the sun, like you said, is your essence, it's where you shine. The moon is when you feel the safest, which I like. And it's also the mother, which to me, like, I just learned that from Natalia Benson the other day. And I was like, like, it made so much sense. Right. And that's when your kids like set, when my kids are in their safest zone, right? Like they feel like completely themselves, which is around me. Lily, my second is, or rather my first is a Leo, Leo moon. So she's just over the flipping top, completely out of control. And I like, it's so funny how this stuff all lines up. I mean, I love it. (laughs) Yeah, I love, I feel like astrology is so fun. Um, The human design is really fun for me. Like that's, when I had my human design read, I'm a manifester. And I found out that, um, I just don't have the go, go, go energy that like generators and many gens do. And so I actually need my rest. I like, I, I need to stop and like have whole days of Netflix and chill. And that makes sense for me. And it was, 
it was such a relief. Like it felt like this big permission slip because I was like, that is how I feel. Like I am really energized. I really do love my job. I love doing things in my house. I love getting stuff done. But, um, but there are, it did feel like I felt like a failure on those days where I was like, today, I just don't feel like it. And I, that learning that about myself was just a big permission slip of like, yeah, you don't feel like it. It's your day to relax. And so that's a good day for me to go, I guess I'm going to like scroll Instagram and take a bath and like, what, and like, whatever, put my feet up or we're ordering in tonight. You know, like it's the night to like, just man, do nothing. That's what you need. You need to recuperate. Um, and all of these little things that we can do, like all of these, uh, you know, you don't have to take it as gospel that your zodiac chart is this or human design is that, but it's just a little bit of permission to just be exactly who you are and know that that's wonderful. And then also to kind of understand other people. Like <laughs> yesterday I was talking to my friend and she said, um, we were talking about my mom, you know, being pregnant and having, uh, having to set boundaries with my parents. And that's coming up a lot. And she was like, this, this like your relationship with your mom keeps coming up. And I was like, well, you know, she's a Gemini. And she went, oh yeah. And our other friend on the call was like, you two are so funny. Like, we're just like, uh, air signs. What are you going to do? So like, it's just, it's an acceptance of other people for being the way they are. Just like you said about your daughter, like she's a Leo. You got to love when that like Leo fire comes shining through. Like you kind of just laugh at it because everyone's different and beautiful. And it's what makes the world so beautiful. It's not fun if everybody's just like us be really predictable right it'd be boring totally boring yeah this was really fun Karen. i'm glad that we were able to connect and like i got to see your face with it you know like yeah, on the screen this is, <laughs> this is so great so you tell, finally hang out. i know will you tell listeners um where they can find you i know that you're you're based in canada canada but you do you serve clients kind of all over or just how can people get in touch with you yeah, I serve clients. I have clients in the United States right now. Um, so I have two main ways that I work with people. I have a kind of do-it-yourself wedding uh, and coaching plan. So they would get access to like all of my wealth of knowledge through like my files and how I would plan a wedding. So it's really a guide to planning your own wedding. But then it includes um, a bunch of time with me and that boxer access I talked about. So they would have access to that weekly coaching to check in and have somebody hold space for them and deal with these stresses that come up. And also just someone to ask questions like, is this a normal price to pay for that? And then I have another full touch offer, which is more popular right now. I think people want just a done for you thing. And so that's really how I, I plan people's weddings for them. So I do your budget. I, you know, hunt down the perfect venue. I have a couple destination weddings happening right now. So I'm doing all the research, which they would have to do, taking everything off their plate, and then also helping them figure out how to set those boundaries with the people in their life, how to phrase it, and listening to their feedback, how did that go, how that conversation go, and empowering them to have those conversations with their partner. And so, uh, yeah, so it's all virtual. I basically can do it all virtually other than being there on the day. So for my clients that are in Texas and New York right now, they have that package and they're just going to like the additional fees. You just have to fly me there and put me up, which for me sounds like a real luxury. And for them is like, great. I can have the person that I resonate with the most there. So, I mean, those are my clients are people who really resonate with me and who really get my message. I feel like I'm finding a lot of my clients on Instagram now. So, and I'm always in stories, you know, chatting it up. So I think 
it gives people a little bit of an opportunity to chat with me and get to know me. And that way, when they hire me, it's not just, you're not just looking for a wedding planner, right? Like you're looking for somebody that really, that you really vibe with. So I can't take like 30 clients a year. I could take like 12 or 15, you know? So I don't want every single client out there. I want those ideal people who are going to really resonate with me, who I'm going to be able to make their day perfect for them. That's who's going to come find me. Um, and otherwise though, I'm just post a lot of free content. Like I have a lot of spicy opinions. I hate Pinterest. Um, I don't, you know, I'm not there for your mother-in-law. I'll say that over and over. <laughs> um, I, uh, I don't like traditional wedding etiquette. I don't think it's fair. Right. I'm not here for heteronormativity. Um, I'm not here for wasteful practices. So I just put out a lot of free, free stuff about that, about my take on, on weddings. And, uh, and like you said, brutally honest, this is, this is what I think about it. And if you don't like it, that's fine. I'm not going to be for everybody. And that's also, that's a manifester thing. I'm not for everybody. And I got to know that not everyone's going to resonate with me. And then the people who do really will. And so that's, that's who ends up being my client. So Definitely, if people want to come find me, I'm on Instagram at Kithkin Weddings. I'm really, really active on there. I guess I will be a little less when the baby comes, probably for a couple weeks. And uh, and I'm a contributor on Medium. I write like some spicy articles there too. I didn't know that. Ooh, I'm gonna find some of those. I love me a good spicy article. I love your stories. Yeah, there's a couple up there. Um, you know, I sent you one of my pieces of writing the other day, and I just I love to write. I've always loved to write, and talk and give my opinion and uh and especially when it comes to this wedding stuff it's just so easy to talk about it because it makes me so it really makes me so mad how hard it is and how frustrating and how stressful it is especially this last year it, like it shouldn't be like this you're you're planning the happiest day of your life but your hair's falling out because you you hate it so much how is that going to feel stepping into your marriage if you're miserable like wedding wedding planning is like one of the top 10 most stressful jobs out there that just doesn't make sense to me it shouldn't be that way it should be a really magical time you should be enjoying your engagement and that's what I'm here for how can we get back to enjoying the engagement and actually having a nice time planning our wedding and preparing to be married by having these big conversations about values and boundaries and then stepping into our marriage on the right foot without all of like, without like six months of hell behind you and baggage and arguments and infighting with the family. How can we step into it? Like kind of clean. I agree. I agree. Preach, preach sister. Love it. <laughs> well, thank you for being on the show. This was so fun to catch up and everyone will check you out and learn more from you and sending all the love and strength and joy as you have that little girl. Thank you so much, Ashley. This was awesome. Thank you so much for tuning in today, everyone. Thanks to Carrie Ann for sharing her story and all of her amazing insight. And thanks to our show sponsor, Boca. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. You learned something new. And if so, please consider sharing it with a friend or on Instagram. And you can tag at Yoga Magic Podcast. I'll see you on Thursday, everyone.